you're listening to Radio Lux Lucid, I'm your host, Steve Matthews. Thanks for joining me for episode 77. The title of this episode is The Law is King. Well, I didn't get my normal Saturday podcast done, but I have a good excuse for it. I've been I've been doing some work to to try to improve some things around the palatial Lux Lucid Studios. Yes, um, did a couple of things. I uh, I was looking at my videos, um, just some some of the older videos that I had done, even some of the recent ones. And you know, one of the things I noticed about them is that I looked kind of like I was doing videos in a cave by candlelight. <laughs> they they were they were pretty low resolution and and they were pretty dark uh, just in terms of the lighting. Uh, you know, I, I thought that I had sufficient lighting, but it really wasn't that good. And I've been doing some work uh, with a a program that I bought, uh, and actually a course on on doing videos on video production because I've never really had any kind of training in that. And this is I, I've just actually started going through it, but I've learned a lot already in terms of things about lighting and. Oh, just uh, just camera things. I've never been somebody that's been big into photography. I mean, there's some people they you know they can rattle off all of these uh, these complex terms regarding uh, videos and photography. Well, I've never been in that position before. I've never really had any kind of training in that, so I'm learning a little bit. And and it's funny when you even just start to learn a little bit, you go back, you look at videos, and you go, hey, yeah, that just doesn't look all that good. So anyway, I've been doing some work to make some improvements. Now it's kind of funny. About a year and a half ago, or so I bought a a light. Uh, for actually doing videos, but I never did anything with it. I've just, I've been busy, you know, life happens and you get busy and, and all this kind of thing. Well, anyway, I never got it installed. So I finally went in and I installed the light. It, it's one of these lights that comes on a, a pole and it's got like a C clamp and it clamps to your, your desk. I've got the, I've got a clamp behind the, uh, behind the, uh, the monitor that I'm looking at. I clamped it on there and you know, I mentioned to you, I think it was a, a week in, in the last video, in episode 76, you know, how it always seems like there are things that you think are going to be simple, and they end up being a lot bigger projects than what you thought. Well, I had this issue where this this light, the, the way you control it is it actually, it's done, uh, it's done on the network, so, so the light actually has to communicate and get on your Wi-Fi network, and then you put this app on your computer that your computer, of course, is on the, wi- the Wi-Fi network, and you use this app. You can control the color temperature. You, you can make it you know, more white or, or more, uh, more yellow. You can adjust the intensity. You can make it brighter or less bright. Well, if, if you don't have that hookup, if the light's not on the Wi-Fi and if your computer's not on the Wi-Fi, you can't control the light. There's no way to adjust it. You just get what you get. And I couldn't get this light to uh, get onto the Wi-Fi network. And I struggled and struggled and struggled. And what it turned out is I, I, I'm i up on the second floor. And I've got the Wi-Fi routers all the way in the basement. And even though the Wi-Fi for the computer has been a little sketchy, I had to buy a booster antenna just so I could get uh, decent enough Wi-Fi to be able to work up here on the second floor. Well, those lights I don't think are really sensitive. So I went and I, I went to the computer store here and and I picked up a, a wireless booster. And I got that installed finally. And by the time I got that installed and I got the light onto the onto the network, and it did, it, it finally worked, but it took me like two hours to do this. You know, I thought I'd just plug it and everything would be great. Well, no, you had to I had to fiddle around with it. So anyway, I finally got the light on on the network, got it working, and I decided I really needed a second light because these these kinds of lights really should be done in pairs. So I got those set up. 
And I was all pumped today. I, I was like, okay, yeah, I'm going to go and I'm going to get him and do this video. And, and I, I put my, my webcam on because I couldn't wait to see what it would look like with all the new lights. And it looked just as bad as it did before I put these lights, before I installed these, these lights. The key lights is what they call them. And it's like, you got to be kidding. Well, what it is, is that that camera that I have, it's, it's a Microsoft webcam that I've been using. The thing's like 10 years old. And I mean, there's nothing wrong with it in terms of, you know, I mean, it, it still functions pretty well, but it, it doesn't function well for the purpose I was using it. And, and one of the things is it's, it's got this automatic intensity change or it changes, I think, what they call it ISO. And so the, the brighter the light, the, the, uh, the, the brighter the light in the room, the, the camera automatically adjusts it down, uh, adjusts the intensity of the light down. So you know, even if if you have really dim lights, it, it'll bring the lighting up. If you have really bright lights, it'll bring the lighting down. So no matter how much brighter you try to make things, the camera is continually reducing the the brightness of the actual picture. And you're kind of like chasing your tail in circles. And so, I mean, even when I installed these new lights, it didn't help the brightness at all. It was still, uh, it was still dark. It was still pretty grainy. I thought, well, you know, I guess maybe once every 10 years, you need to upgrade your webcam. So I went over, I talked to the people at the computer store over there, uh, Micro Center. And I'm going to tell you what, I'm really glad we have that store here. It's nice to be able to go over and talk to people. They're usually pretty knowledgeable and helpful. And anyway, I picked up this new webcam. It's a Logitech webcam. And I tell you what, I put that thing in there and it, the, the, uh, the pictures just look so much better now, the, the video feed on this thing. So I was actually kind of pumped by that to, uh, to see the video feed looking so much better than, than what it had prior. I also noticed I had the setting on my, my streaming surface set up incorrectly, and I, I upgraded it, I upgraded the, changed the settings so it's got a higher resolution. So I think things are going to be looking better. So if you look, these videos look a little bit better to you, that's why. Now, one other thing I wanted to mention to you since I was talking about videos is I'm not going to be live streaming anymore on YouTube. I had been doing that, but I got dinged this past week the first time. I was a bad boy. I talked about uh, election integrity and uh, issues with the 2020 election. You just can't do that on YouTube. There's just certain things you can't talk about on YouTube, and that's one of them. And I was faced with a choice, I suppose, of either censoring what I say or not live streaming on YouTube. Uh, or continuing to live stream on YouTube and probably end up getting strikes and getting my channel my channel uh, removed. So what I've decided to do is I'm not going to be posting any of these these podcasts on YouTube. I'm not going to be posting those live streams on YouTube. I'm still live streaming on Facebook, on uh, DLive, and also on Twitter for right now until I get busted probably. But I'm going to keep doing it for the moment. And what I've decided to do is I'm actually uploading videos to, I've got a channel on Odyssey, and I've also got a channel on Rumble. And I'm thinking very seriously about setting up a, a channel on Gab as well. Um, Gab is actually a pretty interesting platform. And the, the fellow that runs it, his name's Andrew Torba. And I've gotten some emails from him. I, I get their emails. He, he usually writes an email every so often to people that use the service. And he's a very impressive guy, and he's very open about being a Christian and about defending free speech. I, I've never seen anybody in the tech world as that was as, as strong on really defending 
the the liberty to speak and to discuss things is what Andrew Torba is. And I want to be able to support him because I, I think that the work that he's doing over there is very important. You know, we live in this time where you've got all of this uh, tech censorship and it's basically big government and the tech companies getting together to squash people's uh, right to free speech, uh, First Amendment right. And and that's called fascism, uh, by the way. That That's what that is. We have a merger of state and corporate powers. And what we have right now, we have a sort of techno-fascism going on in this country. And it's it's a very serious problem. It's something that that as Christians we def we need to to push back on this stuff, yeah. You know, and I think really as Christians too, I mean, we need to remind people that we're for liberty. I mean, it's it's Christianity that gave rise to the liberty to the blessings of liberty that we have here in this nation. You know, it wasn't secular philosophy that did that. It was the Christianity, the biblical Protestant Christianity, of the founders of this nation, is the reason why we enjoy the liberties that we still do here in the United States. And I am so thankful, and I feel so blessed to be able to to call myself an American, and I'm so thankful to have that heritage of freedom. And I, I just think as, as Christians, I mean, we, we're the ones that need to be taking the lead and standing up for this stuff. Uh, I, I think it's it's that important. And I think when you find a, a company, when you find individuals out there who are willing to stand up and and, and defend liberty— we need to support those people, and and that's why I say I, I think I'm going to start doing uh, some uh, some streaming on Gab here. I haven't used Gab as much as probably what I should, but I've been I say I've been very impressed. I mean, it seems like a decent platform in terms of just the way it works. It works really very much like Twitter. So if you're familiar with Twitter, working using Gab isn't uh, is is pretty intuitive. And as I said, they actually do allow you to uh, to post videos. I think they do allow you to live stream over there as well. And I'm I'm going to uh, be setting up a a, a TV channel uh, over there on Gab. I, I really do think that's that's going to happen here sometime soon. So anyway, that's uh, that's kind of what's going on right now. I, I'm going to keep my YouTube channel. I, I want to be able to do that. I don't want to get my my YouTube channel pulled. Um, the uh, actually the Trinity Foundation YouTube channel is actually one of the sub sub. Uh, uh, accounts that I have under my name. So I don't want to lose my channel and I don't want to end up having having that get affected. And number two, I don't want to lose my own channel that I've been been broadcasting on, putting videos out there. I'm going to try to find something to do a little bit differently about that. There's still a lot of stuff that you can talk about. I don't know if I'm going to do things, uh, say, specifically theological. I've, I've always had a, a love of, of economics and, and those sorts of things. And maybe I might, I might do something along those lines, maybe make some shorter videos videos, that type of thing. So I'm, I'm going to definitely you know, keep the YouTube channel uh, over there, but I am pulling my videos off and the live streams that is, and I'm going to repost those, as I said, on Odyssey and, and Rumble. And I'm in the process of doing that, trying to do a few a day here and, and to get those done. So a little bit of housekeeping stuff. Anyway, all that's out of the way. So let's, let's get on to uh, today's topic here. I, I titled this, the, 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 the law is king. That's a, a title that I took. Uh, it, it's actually there was a, a book written by one of the uh, the reformers. He was a Scot a Scotsman, Samuel Rutherford. He wrote a book called Lex Rex, which is Latin, uh, and it just means the law is king. That was a very uh, new thought in his day, or maybe not a new thought, but he certainly was one that are, that articulated that in in a very clear way. Because throughout most of history, the law has not been king. Throughout most of history, the king has been the law. So whatever the king thought was right, that that was the law. You know, it was it was what one man's opinion was. 
what Rutherford came and argued is no. He said no. The the law is king. The law the 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 law of God is king. And that applies to all people, not just to ordinary citizens, but it also applies to rulers as well. That is a Christian concept. The idea that the law applies to rulers. You know, we you think about what what Jesus talked about in in the New Testament. You know, his disciples were quarreling about who's the greatest, and and Jesus responded to them. He says, "You know, the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and those who exercise authority love to be called like to be called benefactors." It was this idea, and this is a, a very pagan idea. This is a very typical idea throughout most of history, and that is that that there's one set of laws for the rulers, and then there's everybody else. The rulers can do pretty much whatever they want, but you know, you and I, as as ordinary citizens, well, we better toe the line. And if we don't toe the line, we're going to be in big trouble. And you can really see that coming back in our own day. You know, you see these situations where you have uh, presidents and prime ministers and you know members of Congress and parliaments of, around the world. You know, they make these mandates. You know, vax mandates, mask mandates, all these kinds of things. But they exempt themselves. You know, Boris Johnson got in a lot of trouble for that. Where there was this video that came out where you know the all of Great Britain was locked down. You had to mask up, and you you know you couldn't. You had to social distance all this stuff. Well, as this video came out. They were having some big party at 10 Downing Street. You know, I guess that's, I guess it was 10 Downing Street with a, the prime minister's residence. You know, there was no mask. There was no social distancing. You know, they were yucking it up and having a great time. I guess this was in Christmas of 2020. And, you know, while the, the rest of the nation's just suffering in lockdown misery. Well, people were outraged by this as well they should have been. It actually maybe actually worked out okay in the case of uh, Great Britain because uh, Boris Johnson, I guess it was last week, he canceled all of the all of the COVID stuff, all of the mandates, the all, all of the rigmarole that he's been imposing on the country, and I guess he probably did it to save his political skin. And well, you know, you would like to think he would have done that without uh, without the pressure of having the uh, uh, being threatened with losing his job, but you know, I guess maybe if. If uh, the uproar that took place over his uh, his uh, illicit party, um, maskless party, if if that's what kind of put the uh, put a cattle prod to him to to get rid of these tyrannical laws that uh, have governed Great Britain for the last most couple, well, for the most part, for the most uh, most of the last two years, well, then I guess maybe it wasn't all bad. Still, though, uh, you you would like to think that these rulers, you know, uh, someone who's a prime minister, would have a little more sense than to impose uh, really draconian restrictions on his own people while exempting himself. And yet, that's that's just again, that's that's pretty typical in history. You know that that that's what rulers do. Rulers lord it over people. There's one set of 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 laws for the rulers, and then there's a another set of rules for everybody else. And of course, we see that here in this country as well. I mean, how many times have we seen people, high-ranking government officials, busted for having these maskless, non-socially distanced gatherings while they're imposing that on everybody else? I believe Congress and all the congressional staff are also exempt from the the vaccine mandates. But they want to impose that on everybody else, including federal workers and healthcare workers. And of course, the uh, the Supreme Court shot down the vast mandate for the vast majority of Americans, you know, who are working for employers with 100 employees or more, and also has put a stay on. Uh, I guess it was a federal court put a stay on the order to vaccinate all federal employees. But the the medical personnel are still under a vax mandate, which they should not be. 
Believe it or not, doctors and, and, and nurses and other medical professionals, they have constitutional rights too. And there is no nothing in the Constitution that allows the federal government to impose a vaccine mandate on those people. And that needs to go. You know, they I know they had that big anti-mandate gathering in Washington, D.C. this last weekend. As well, they should. And I hope people keep fighting this stuff. Because these vaccine mandates need to go. And that kind of leads me into what I was going to talk about here today. There was a, an interesting article. Yeah, what I wanted to do is I wanted to talk about an article. This is by Paul Craig Roberts. And the headline of it, this is from January 22nd. So it's just a couple days ago. I guess that would have been Saturday. And he's got a headline here. And it says, U.S. federal courts reject Biden's tyranny, but Austria shows its true Nazi colors. I'm just going to read through some of this here. This is what Paul Craig Roberts says. He says, The American political system based on the separation of powers is held for now against the tyrannical developments that are sweeping away civil, civil liberty in the free West. And he's got free West in quotation marks there. The U.S. Supreme Court deep-sixed Biden's mandate that employees of private business must be injected with the dangerous COVID vaccine, vaccine in quotes, despite the evidence that the vaccine does not protect against COVID but does cause injury and death. The Supreme Court ruled that the president is without statutory authority to issue such a mandate. An obvious ruling is in the U.S. law, as in the U.S., law is the responsibility of Congress. And he's exactly right. And he also comments here, he says, Now federal district judge Jeffrey Brown has ruled that Biden also lacks the authority to issue a mandate that all federal employees be injected with a COVID vaccine. The president's authority is limited to workplace conduct and a coerced medical procedure does not fall under workplace conduct. Roberts also continues here. He says, as I reported, the British government has refused to continue with the tyranny and has ended all COVID passports, mask mandates and work restrictions. But outside the U.S., England and Sweden, the rest of the no longer free West is collapsing into tyranny. Australia puts people in concentration camps. Canada seems not far behind. Germany, Italy and Austria, the fascist powers of World War II. Well, that's kind of interesting, isn't it? That you've got these these fat these countries who are the fascist powers of World War II are turning into some of the biggest vaccine fascists uh, in the world. So Germany, Italy, and Austria, the fascist powers of World War II, have completely repudiated again the civil liberty of their captive populations. The ruling German Nazis want to confine the non-vaccinated to house arrest. The Italian fascists find those who are not injected with a potentially lethal vaccine and suspend without salary public employees who are not injected. An Italian journalist who has not yet been shut down reports that. And, and I'm going to read this here in a moment. But yeah, it's, it's really, it's absolutely astonishing what's happening in countries and nations that I think most all of us would have considered to be peer nations, to be first world nations. It's, it's terrible. I mean, I... I I, I hardly even know what to say. I mean, I, I said this before. I mean, the last time I read the history books, I thought that the, the Third Reich lost, lost the war. I thought the Axis powers lost World War II. But, you know, when you look at the kind of stuff that's going on in so many countries, especially in Germany, uh, in Austria, I mean, it really does seem like the, the Nazis are back in charge again. I mean, as odd as that seems, I mean, here we are, you know, we're what, 70, I guess it'll be 77 years this year that uh, World War II ended. And it seems like yeah, we've come full circle. You know, they got rid of the Nazis and now the Nazis are back. But let's take a look here. And, and I want to show, I, I think a lot of Americans, unless you follow this stuff pretty closely, I, I think it's very easy to lose track of just how oppressive 
the COVID restrictions have become in many countries, again, that you and I would probably consider peer nations, you know, Western nations, first world nations. You know, we're not talking about some third world dictatorship. We're not talking about the old Soviet Union. We're not talking about, you know, some awful dictatorship, you know, like Cambodia or, you know, back in the day when the, the Khmer Rouge was in charge or something. We're not talking about nations like that. We're talking here about, about first world, you know, supposedly Republican or Democratic societies. European countries or countries that are, are derived from, uh, from European countries, such as Australia or New Zealand or Canada. And this is, uh, this is what's going on in Italy. And, and this is, I, I think, I find this really chilling. But this is the Italian journalist that uh, Paul Craig Roberts is talking about. And he lists out a number of things that you can't do in Italy if you're not vaccinated. So let's take a look here. In Italy, it's now impossible to enter post offices and banks without vaccination. In Italy, it's now impossible to go into the shops and do a generic shop and do generic shopping if you're without vaccination. Only necessary goods, but what goods are necessary is decided by the government. In Italy, it is now completely impossible to go to the gym without vaccination and a mask. In Italy, it is now impossible for those who are not vaccinated to go to the tobacconists and buy a newspaper. In Italy, it is now impossible for those who are not vaccinated to ski. It is now impossible for those who are not vaccinated to enter a bookstore. It is now totally impossible for those who are not vaccinated to use a long-distance train or airplane. It is now impossible for the unvaccinated inhabitants of an island to arrive in mainland Italy. Sardinia is isolated. Sicily was isolated, but its governor had a jolt of dignity and ordered to ignore the government order. The problem remains for the smaller islands and for Venice. Unvaccinated parliamentarians residing on the islands cannot go to Parliament unless they find a private ship to move them. People queue for the third dose thinking about the fourth. Still get sick with COVID, recover with difficulty, and some of them die. Government is silent. Hospitals openly reject unvaccinated patients, but the judiciary does not intervene. Government is silent. And that's just what's going on in Italy. And he talks here about Austria. He says the swastika again flies over Austria. Of course, now as you you may know from history, uh, Austria was the uh, that was the birthplace of Adolf Hitler. Hitler was not German. He was uh, he was actually Austrian. Uh, I think sometimes people forget that. And he goes on. He talks to you about Austria. He says, but it is Austria, formerly a part of Nazi Germany, that has gone the furthest in crushing human freedom. So they're even worse than than what Italy is. I mean, you know, all those things I read to you, uh, they're all those things you can't do in Italy unless you're vaccinated. You're essentially aced out of society. You know, I've said this before, and I think it bears mentioning again. I, I'm not here to claim that the the COVID vaccine is the mark of the beast. And you think about Revelation 13, which says no one may uh, may buy or sell unless he has the mark of the beast. I'm not saying that the vaccine is the mark of the beast. I'm not here right now to to discuss that whole thing. But as as a Christian, I, I think I can say this with confidence. It's of that same spirit. It is exactly of that same spirit. I mean, this is a case where, where governments are saying all over the world that if you don't get this vaccine, this dangerous and ineffective vaccine, you can't participate in society. You can't hold a job. You can't engage in, in economic activity. You can't sell your labor. You can't buy the the things that you need for for life you can't buy and sell unless you get this mark and and people wonder why so many are are suspicious about the motives of those who are pushing vaccine mandates 
You know, you, you watch some of these liberal type stations and, oh, you know, it's just all these conspiracy theorists and conservatives and blah, 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 and, you know, and Christians and all this. Well, I'll tell you what, people have good reason to be concerned. Very good reason to be concerned. You know, there was a, a quote that I came across. It was by, uh, I think it was Patrick Henry. And it talked about, and, and he talked, let's see if I can find, yeah, this is Patrick Henry. This is what he said. Guard with jealous attention the public liberty. Suspect everyone who comes near that precious jewel. And boy, I tell you, Patrick Henry was absolutely right. And when when you see government officials saying, okay, if you don't take this vax, if you don't uh, wear a mask, if you don't do these things, then you can't participate in society. That is deeply disturbing. They are attacking our liberties. They're attacking them. They're attacking the precious jewel of of liberty. And we have every right, we have every reason to suspect them. Uh, what did he say there? How, how did Henry put that? He said, suspect everyone who comes near that precious jewel. Well, I suspect these uh, political leaders who come near this precious jewel, whether that's Joe Biden, whether that's Nancy Pelosi, whether that is a governor such as Gavin Newsom, or that Katie Hochul, that horrible person they have in, in New York, whether it's some bureaucrat, some technocrat like Anthony Fauci, you know, whether it's you know, the, uh, the Antichrist Pope that's uh, there in uh, Pope Francis, whether it's these, uh, you know, the Italian government, the German government, the, the Austrian government, all of these governments are, not only are they, they're, they're not just coming near the Jewel of Liberty, they're laying hands on it and dragging it off. And yes, they should be suspected and they should be protested and they should be rebuked from the word of God. Now, you can't get vaccine mandates out of, out of the uh, out of the scriptures, that's not the job of government. You can't get it out of the U.S. Constitution either. By the way, uh, but let's see. Let's see what uh, Paul Craig Roberts has to say here about Austria. Uh, he says, uh, but it's Austria, formerly a part of Nazi Germany, has gone the furthest in crushing human freedom. The ruling Austrian Nazis have legislatively passed a law that the entire population of Austria must be injected with a dangerous vaccine. See it clearly. The representatives of the people themselves have voted against the people and imposed on the people, tyranny. It is Austria's parliament, not some executive branch official bribe by pharmaceutical companies that has made vaccination compulsory for all citizens, with those who resist facing fines of up to 3,600 euros. That's $4,000. And in, I think it's interesting that that uh, Paul Craig Roberts makes this point, and I think it's a very good one. He says, you know, these 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 demands, these restrictions, these uh, these requirements, Mandates, I guess is the word I'm looking for. This, these man, this mandate that's coming from the Austrian government is not coming from, you know, some uh, executive branch official. It's not coming from some technocrat. You know, it's not coming from their version of Anthony Fauci or something like that. It's actually coming from the legislature, it's, legislature itself. These are the people that were elected to represent the citizens of the country. It would be as if our Congress enacted a law saying, okay, we're going to mandate these vaccines and we're going to going to punish people with you know thousands of dollars in fines if they don't get it. Now, I don't think for all of the problems that we have here in the United States and they are massive. I don't think that such a law could pass Congress. I think even a lot of Democrats probably would not vote for it because it's so controversial. And at least I can say this, I'm I know, you know, we in the United States we have a million problems, but thank God almighty that we still at least have a, some level of appreciation for liberty 
such that I don't think, at least at the present time, that a law like that could pass. They and, and I think the fact that they've had to go through these uh, a lot of legal backflips to try to make this thing happen shows that they know that they can't do this in an upfront way. So they try to try to sneak these mandates in through the back door. Uh, that's the distinct sense I get when look, looking at some of the Biden administration's uh, attempts at imposing a vaccine mandate on the American people. And it continues here. He says, The British, the country that gave the Western world civil liberty, has abolished COVID mandates. And Austria, a Nazi state that has never done anything for freedom, has made it compulsory for all citizens to submit to the death jab. The Nazi-Austrian government has done this despite the conclusive evidence that the mRNA vaccines do not protect against COVID or its variants, but do inflict death and serious injuries on those who are jabbed. And that is most certainly the truth. The destruction of the the destruction that's been wrought on populations by these COVID jabs is is really just off the charts. I, I had a friend of mine send me a week back or so. There was a story. Oh, it was uh, it was reported that a uh, a CEO of a uh, of a company of an insurance company called One America had talked about there being a forty percent increase in the the deaths of prime-age Americans. These are people, I think, that are con- between the ages of 18 and, and 49, I, I think was the age range. And he said that the, death, the deaths for this group were up 40% in 2021. And this is something a number of people have commented on. And, and I, I think there's been means additional research going, going on to see if they can corroborate this, this claim. But the CEO, and One America is a real company. Interestingly enough, I actually interviewed at that company. Uh, once uh, a couple of, you know, it's maybe been, I guess, almost five years now. Uh, but I did interview with them. So I know it's a real company. They're based in Indianapolis. They're just right up the road from Cincinnati. They're probably, you know, Indianapolis is only about an hour and a half or so by, by expressway. I can get in my car right now and be in Indianapolis in an hour and a half. But it's not far away. And I did interview for a job there. One America is the name of the company. So it is a real company. It's a substantial insurance company. It's a multi-billion dollar company. They've been around Oh, goodness. Um, since the 1800s. So it's been around a while. And the CEO got up and he talked about this. And it's just, it's shocking. And, and as far as I know, this this report has never been made available anywhere uh, in the mainstream press. But it has been talked about as well it should quite a bit in the alternate press. But uh, it was a really interesting story. Uh, and, and, this, and again, this is coming from a CEO. So I I can't imagine that he would be lying about that. And you would think that that would be accurate information. And I know some of the people that do uh, a lot of the investigative journalism on COVID have been trying to to see if they can corroborate that from some other sources. So it'd be interesting to see if they come up with anything. But yeah, I think there's a massive amount of evidence out there to suggest that these mRNA COVID vaccines are extraordinarily dangerous. I personally, and this is my own opinion on this, I don't think anybody should be taking those. I mean, they're, they don't keep you from getting COVID. They don't keep you from spreading COVID. You know, the, the other thing, too, about that is, I mean, there's, there's this claim that's out there. And they, they claim that, well, it keeps you from getting, getting as severely ill by it. I don't even know if that's true. Maybe it is. Maybe it isn't. I don't know. But even if you just look at things, and, and there's a lot of reasons, in my opinion, not to get it. I mean, there's the whole stem cell aborted fetus uh, research side of things, which I think right there disqualifies it. But even looking at some other things, just looking at it from a, a uh, I guess, what do they call it, a, a cost-benefit analysis, I mean, what do you get out of it versus what the risks are, 
I, I think the risks are way out of proportion to any kind of benefit you get out of that. And, and that's not even getting into all of the, uh, the, 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 the funny business that the promoters of this vaccine engage in. They do the kinds of things that makes me just not trust them. Uh, and I'm talking here about the you know people, the Fauci's of the world, the Bill Gates of the world, uh, you know these various agencies, the WHO, for example, uh, the World Health Organization, and certainly the vaccine companies. I mean, these vaccine companies, the only immunity to COVID out there is the vaccine companies. They are completely immune from any kind of lawsuit. So, I mean, if you go get a shot and you're maimed, you know, you come down with myocarditis or a child comes down with myocarditis or you die or something. I mean, there is no recourse for you or your family to sue these vaccine companies, none whatsoever. So they can make billions of dollars in profits and they have exactly zero liability when things go wrong. And things go wrong at a, quite frankly, at a, at a pretty frightening pace apparently, um, from every, all the data that I've seen. You know, and the fact that they're not willing to stand behind it. I mean, look, you wouldn't go out and buy a toaster oven. I mean, if, if you went to the store and you went, went to buy a toaster oven and, and, and somebody said, well, you know, maybe the salesman said, well, you know, we'll be happy to sell this to you, but there's no guarantee, there's no warranty on it. You say, well, I don't want to buy that. You know, I don't want to buy a product if the company's not going to stand behind it. Why would you inject something in yourself if the company that produced that vaccine is not going to stand behind it? Why would you, you know, I mean, you're playing Russian roulette, in my opinion, you're for very little benefit. That's really about all that I, I had here today. I wanted to uh, go ahead and wrap things up. You know, as, as I said, you know, the, the summary of all this is, is the idea that, that the law is king. The king is not the law. But right now in the West, we have a lot of people in positions of power who have forgotten that. You know, as Christians, we need to remind them of this. We need to stand strong. We need to speak out. We need to not bend the knee and not give in to these demands. Again, that's all I have for you today. Thanks so much for listening. I really enjoyed bringing this to you, and I hope to see you again next week. Until that time, may the spirit of truth guide you in all truth as you read and study God's Word.